Hey there, I am Anna Michelle Gomo and you are welcome to the podcast. This is a safe space where I get to talk about God and how we can build our relationship with Him. On each episode, we'll be diving below the surface of the Bible to encounter God and grow. Currently, we are on a 365-day Bible challenge and it has been fantastic so far. And so I invite you to join us today because God has a word for you, but it is up to you to listen. So please stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today is day 128 of our Bible in Year challenge and I am so glad to have the opportunity to come on here once again and share God's word with everyone listening on the other end and you are highly welcome um, whether you've been listening and joining me on this journey from day one or today's your first day you're absolutely welcome so today's readings I wouldn't lie today's readings is one of my favorite stories in the bible it is taken from second samuel chapter 11 and it is the story of david's sin and i like this story (laughs) not because um not because i just i like the fact that david sinned i don't think that is it but it's very relatable in the sense that i see myself a hundred percent in this story and Hopefully you do too, because we are all like David. We've all been like David at some point in time. So up until this point, um, throughout the story since we began, um, journeying with David, we've seen him grow from this um, zealous and God-loving teenager in the shepherd fields. And he has won so many battles. He has done so many exploits for God. And now he is the king of all Israel. He still um, has so much respect for God. He prioritizes God's will above everything else. And we've been learning a lot from King David. His forgiveness, his um, willingness to give people a second chance. But today, it's different. And today is a story of David's sin. So, let's start from the beginning. So, the first thing. I want to say that while we are walking with David on this, in this story, I just want to say that this sin did not start like from nowhere. It developed. There is a beginning stage and then there is an end stage. And I'm pretty sure that David, in a million years, could never have imagined that he would have ended up an adulterer and also a murderer. So one thing I'd like us to know before we start is that sin, the thing about sin is that it takes us to where we don't want to go. It leads us to paths that we don't want to go through. And it makes up makes us end up in situations that we never have thought that we would have ended up. So first things first, we're told that the time is spring. Spring is a time where all of the kings go into war and into battle. But for some reason, David decided to stay back in Jerusalem and then he sent Joab and his other armies to fight his battle. One thing I'd like us to know is that during the olden times, especially this Bible times, that the job of a king wasn't to wasn't majorly to make political decisions or just to like manage or run the country. The major job of the king was to lead 
the army into battle. That was literally the major job. He was the chief commander fighting the battles physically against the enemy of his people. And David has always been doing that up until this point. And one thing I could get from this is that we have to learn that sometimes when we are in our times or our moments of conflict, we, we feel too big for the duties and the obligations that we have to fulfill. David has never had a problem fighting battles up until today. And I could only attribute that to the fact that he probably might have felt too much comfort. Now he was not just the king of Judah, he was the king of all of Israel. All of his contenders were nowhere to be found. All of his competitions from the house of Saul were all dead, except Mephibosheth was now treated like one of his sons. Everything was fine and good. He was relaxing. He just woke up from a siesta. And everything was all good. And while his mates, while the other kings were in battle, King David decided to stay back and send someone in his place to fight that battle. No matter what situation, no matter what phase of life we find ourselves in, let us never feel too big or too proud or too comfortable to fight the battles that God gives us. Let us never make the mistake of pushing our duties, of pushing our obligations to other people to fulfill. Like I said, I'll always be repeating this every time I make a point that sin leads us to circumstances where we never thought that we would have ended up. Well, it began with, okay, what if I miss one battle? What if I miss one war? Nobody is going to, nothing is going to happen. They'll be all right. God is with them, right? Okay, fine and good. Missing a battle is not a sin. Going for a siesta is not a sin. And so David decides after a siesta to take a walk, you know, just take a walk. That, that, is, that is not a sin. And then he sees this woman bathing on the roof. And then lust sets in. When we are encountering sin, right? When at the end of the day, we find ourselves so neck high in sin. At first, it never seems to be a sin. You know, there, there are some things that we do. We know they're not right. We know we should be doing other things. But in itself, that thing is not a sin. But it leads us to sin. And so we have to be very careful. Sometimes sin will not just present itself. Like, I mean, <laughs> I feel like one thing we have to note is that the devil is wise. It's very hard to accept that, but we have to understand that the devil is wise. Unfortunately for us, the devil is a lot of things. He's bad. He's a liar. He's a killer. He wants to destroy everything. Yes, but the devil is wise and he will use your weakness against you. Anyways, the devil, um, sorry, <laughs> the devil, David saw the woman and he slept with her and committed adultery now that is phase one so you you have the temptation temptation in itself is not a sin because everyone gets tempted the sin happens when you give in to temptation and D david gave into that temptation he lost it after her he asked after her he knew that she was not just a beautiful woman named Bathsheba, but she was also married that should have been a red flag for David. And not only was she married, she was married to one of his biggest commanders, Uriah the Hittite. This is not the first time we're hearing his name. When we're talking about the mighty men, you know, the group of three, there were the group of three, the three men that were so 
brave and courageous and strong. And then you have the group of 30, the 30 men that were also so brave and courageous and strong. Uriah was one of the 30. So he was one of the best soldiers, one of the people that was brave enough to lay down his life for David. So he was probably known by David as a close associate. That alone should have been a red flag. But then what did I say? Sin leads us to places we never envisioned that we could have ended up. And so David probably thought, okay, we should just do this do a quickie. <laughs> I mean, nobody's going to know. How will they know? <laughs> and so we could just do this real quick. They're all in battle, hide it off. Nothing is going to happen. And then he sleeps with her. And then, of course, the thing about sin is that it leads us to places that we never have thought we would end up in. What he did bore fruit. And now Bathsheba is pregnant. And then she sends word to him, I'm pregnant. And so what he does is that he tries to cover it up. You know, first of all, it began with comfort. It began with feeling too proud to do the duties that were delegated to you. Then it also went to lusting after another person's wife, temptation, not looking away, but giving into temptation, thinking that you're bigger than the temptation. And now David tries to cover up his sin. Sin leads to more sin, right? And so what David does, he sends for Uriah, okay, so we can just do this. You can just go into your wife and then we can act like the child is yours and then nobody's going to know, right? And then Uriah does this noble thing that he does not go back to his house. On two occasions, Uriah does not go back to his house because unlike David, Uriah sees the need to fight with his brothers in battle. He says, how can I go into my wife? How can I lie in comfort while my brethren, while my soldiers, while my brothers are out lying in the open fields? Uriah did this thing that David did not do. You know, David was the king. If there was anybody that should have known the importance of fighting with the soldiers was David. But he did not because he wanted to be comfortable. He wanted to be the king. But you have Uriah kind of doing the opposite of David. And then at the end, David found out that Uriah was never going to go back to his house. So he sends him back to the war. And what he does is that he makes sure that Uriah is killed by sending word to Joab to put him in the toughest part of the battle. And then Uriah is killed. Sin takes us to places that we never have envisioned that we would end up. What started as just comfort, just missing one battle, just taking one sleep, just looking at one woman, just sleeping with one woman ended up with David being an adulterer and being a murderer. And I can take this and apply it to my life in so many ways, <laughs> which is why I love the story so much, because it shows us the stages of sin. It shows us that we should never make the mistake of underestimating the power of sin and temptation. We have to be on guard. And that is why Jesus told his disciples on the night of his agony, he told them, pray. Be at alert and be on guard. Jesus told them to pray and watch because sin is not something to, to sin is not something to be played with or toyed with. Because at first it doesn't seem like a sin. It seems like something that anyone could have done. But then sin will take you to places that you never would have envisioned you would end up at. And then at the end of the day, we're going to see in, in tomorrow's readings that sin has consequences. 
regardless of the fact that you're a Christian, regardless of the fact that David was not just the king, but also anointed and chosen by God and has been used to do so many exploits, his sin had a consequence. But I would also um, love to say that sin doesn't have to end up with us suffering the punishment of sin. Because God has given us a second chance. God gave David a second chance. How much more we who have, who, who have the new covenant, who are enjoying the grace of Jesus' death on the cross. And I don't know whatever sin you're battling with. It might be a past sin, or it might be something you're still struggling with, an addiction, something that you're probably too ashamed to tell anyone or confide in, in anyone about. Um... I just want to let you know that we cannot conceal anything from God. God sees everything and God knows of your sin. He knows of your battle and your struggle with sin. And he wants to pull you out of that sin before it consumes you whole. When I was battling with this particular sin um, a few years ago, it started with something that did not seem like a sin at all. And then just like David, it developed into stages. One sin led to another, another led to another. And I just found myself in this cycle of depression, of anger, of shame, of pain, of regret. And it was, it was just something I never thought I would have come out of. When we look at Psalms, today's reading, Psalms chapter 32, there is this from verses 3. Yeah, it says, When I did not confess my sins... I was worn out from crying all day long. Day and night, you punished me, Lord. My strength was completely drained, as moisture is dried up by the summer heat. When we think that we can hide our sins from God, when we think that we can cover up our sins from God, we give power to those sins to consume us and eat us up from the inside. Because, first of all, you cannot conceal or cover up anything from God. Second of all, God wants to heal you. God has the power of life to destroy the power of death from the sins. But when we refuse to confess our sins to God, we shut him out and we are left with our sins. And that just brings up this spiral of more sins. Because like I said, you, you when you're in sin, you, it doesn't end there. It keeps on going. It has consequences. And you want to do more things to overcome those consequences. And you just keep on going down and down and down. And that is why I cannot overemphasize the importance of confession. Confession was God's power to save me from what I was dealing with for more than 10 years. And man, I do not even want to imagine where I would have ended up if I did not have the courage to go to confession. For those of you that do not know what confession is all about, it's about going um, to the confessionary and physically stating your sins to the priest. But spiritually, you're stating your sins to Jesus and then you get absolved. I will let you, I, I just want to, to make you guys know the difference. So sometimes some people might ask, so I mean, you can just go to your room, right? Kneel down and pray and God would listen to your prayers and confess your sins to him privately. And then... you're forgiven you know you can move on but while I was dealing with that sin and that addiction at that time I did confess my sins privately multiple times but I don't know for some reason the shame never went away 
I always felt used. I always felt like I had something. I had something that I just needed to let out. Every time I went to bed, it was like I was going to bed with this huge load on my shoulders. And then I was waking up with them. And I just, for the life of me, wanted to be free. And then one thing about confession is that when you physically state out your sins, it's so, it's, it's just, first of all, it's, mm, it's not something that anybody would want to look forward to because, first of all, you finally see and admit how far that you've, how, how deep you've fallen into. Most times when we're doing things that, like sin, when we're sinning, it doesn't seem that bad, you know, it doesn't seem that terrible until you actually have to say that I did this. And you're like, man, I have gone so far. And so in confession, we humble ourselves and we we realize the depth that sin had taken us into. And then we submit that we, to God. We, we come shameful as we are with our sin, with our weakness, with our baggage, knowing that we deserve death and we deserve hell and we deserve judgment. But we come to God with, with all of those things and we beg for mercy and for forgiveness. Because otherwise, you're going to remain in that state, unfortunately. And that is where the devil wants you to be. That is what he wants to keep you in. He always wants to make you feel like you're never going to be good enough. But a good thing about walking with Jesus is that he never, he never asks us that we have to be perfect to come to him. He never requires that we have to be perfect to come to him. He says, come to me, all who are weak and are heavy learned, and I will give you rest. He says, a doctor doesn't come for healthy people. He comes for sick people. And Jesus came for you. Jesus came for us who are sinners. So I would heavily encourage and advise you to go into confession, to physically and publicly state out your sins and give it to God and accept his forgiveness and grace because God wants to bring you out of those sins. Sin will take you to where you have never envisioned you would end up in. And God wants to bring us out of that. And I think that is such a gift that we should never, ever take for granted. Lastly, I'll end with this verse from Psalms 32 as well. It says, Then I confessed my sins to you. I did not conceal my wrongdoings. I decided to confess them to you. And you forgave all my sins. God doesn't just forgive some sins. He, just, he doesn't forgive a quarter of the sins or half of the sins. He forgives all of your sins, every single one of them. And I don't think we would ever be able to understand how that happens, how, how in an instant God can forgive every sin that we have ever committed, both the ones that we know of and the ones that we, we never even knew were sins. But it is not in our place to understand how that happens. All we are to do is to come to him in our shame, in our weakness, and ask for forgiveness. And I hope that you do that today. I hope that the Holy Spirit gives you the courage and the humility to go to God in prayer and ask for his mercy. Because when that happens, man, the freedom and the peace that you would experience is something that you can never, ever explain. Anyways, thank you so much for listening this far and I will see you guys tomorrow.
same time, same place. Please do not forget to share, leave a review, and subscribe if you haven't. And I hope that you have a memorable day.